Hello and welcome back to the Unreported World podcast. I'm Krishnan Guru Murthy. This week, reporter Adi Adepitan visits Mexico City, where, together with a group of former patients, they gain access to Mexico's psychiatric institutions to secretly film the horrific and inhumane conditions endured by the thousands of men and women known as the Abandoned Ones. Thirteen years ago, the government promised to act and spearheaded the creation of a UN convention to protect the rights of the disabled. However, Unreported World reveals that the situation for many patients is still horrific. Fortunately, Colectivo Chucan, an extraordinary group of people who are themselves battling severe mental health difficulties, is fighting to change the situation. We're filming undercover in a mental health institution. A young woman has just run up, begging me to rescue her. I don't want to be here anymore. I want to be with my family. She's one of thousands called Los Abandonados, the abandoned ones. They're people who suffer from mental health problems and are trapped in Mexico's psychiatric institutions in often abusive and degrading conditions. One group of extraordinary people are determined to do something to help the abandonados. They meet every week in this community centre. But these people aren't social workers or doctors. This is the Colectivo Chican, a group fighting for the rights of people with psychiatric disabilities. Now, what makes them unique and the first of their kind in Mexico is that every single one of them has their own psychiatric disability. Natalia Santos is 26 and the group has just elected her as their president. She suffers from paranoid schizophrenia and depression. Only a year ago, Natalia herself was inside a mental health institution. It's like the people there are in prison, living in hell. Her friend Oscar Luna suffers from schizophrenia as well and calls himself a survivor of Mexican psychiatric institutions. It's horrible. They treat you worse than an animal. It's deplorable. Now they plan to turn the tables. They're about to go inside the institutions to gather evidence and expose the conditions they endured and thousands of others still do. And I'm going to join them. It's the revolution of the crazies. They've come together to help each other and now they want to take it to another level by going into some psychiatric hospitals and forcing change. Thirteen years ago, a widely publicised investigation by Disability Rights International found atrocious and inhumane conditions inside several psychiatric institutions in Mexico. The government of Mexico promised to clean up its act and even spearheaded the creation of a UN convention protecting the rights of the disabled. But the Colectivo believed that in reality, nothing has changed. 
The next morning, I joined Natalia at the Collectivo office. The group have been working for months to get the permission to visit patients inside institutions. Natalia has the task of calling the authorities. Could you put me through to the director? I'm calling from an organisation called Collectivo Chucan. She's telling them it's a chance for patients to meet people who understand what they're going through. That's true, but secretly she also wants to document the conditions inside. It takes a lot of work to get permission to go in. They asked me for an official letter. Because of her schizophrenia, every phone call is an ordeal. I imagine that people are saying things about me. Hearing someone laugh is very difficult for me. Today's the day of the first visit. It's time for action. We're going off to our first institution with the Collectivo. They've devised a plan. Half of the group are going to distract some of the members of the staff and then we're going to go off with Natalia to meet some of the patients and see the conditions that they're living in. Caiz Villa Mujeres is an institution run by Mexico City local government which holds over 380 women. They're expecting the Collectivo this morning, but not a film crew. Do you think we'll have problems with the camera? We hide the camera and take it out once we're allowed inside. We see very few staff. Many of the women have been held here for decades, abandoned by their families, with little chance of ever leaving. I head for the patients' living quarters and begin to film. The institution knew we were coming and so had the chance to clean up. I mean, this is just crazy. There's human feces on the floor. There's flies everywhere. The stench is just, it's just disgusting. The hygiene situation here is just zero. Even the patients are covering their faces. The whole place is a human toilet, the whole place. In the corridor outside, two women are tied to their wheelchairs. One of the women is in pain and trying to free herself. There are no nurses in sight. Priscilla Rodriguez, a disability rights campaigner who's advising Colectivo, approaches them. Is it too tight? Much too tight. That's why I want to take it off. It's too tight. It's too... You need to... Lo- is- can you loosen it? This is uh, a practice that's quite prevalent in these institutions where they tie patients up to their wheelchairs and they leave them there. No one should ever be tied to a wheelchair, not against their own will. It's just, it's ridiculous. According to the UN, there can be no justification for the use of physical restraints on patients with psychiatric disabilities. Tying up a patient, even for a short period of time, may constitute torture. Eventually, a nurse spots us untying the woman. It's because she stands up. 
It's not tight. It's not too tight, see? But she doesn't. So what's the solution? She needs a different chair. The nurse tells us she's one of only two people looking after the 60 patients in this area. So these two women are tied up from the moment they wake until four in the afternoon. What do you think about these conditions? They are not very good, but this is how we work. Things used to work better. With the new budget, there's less. Would you let someone in your family live here? These are people who have been rejected. If they weren't here, they would be on the street. I rejoin the main group where Natalia is talking to some patients and documenting their stories. How long have you been here? About six or seven years. Is there water here? Water to wash? Only at times. I don't even have toilet paper. For the patients, the visit is a huge moment. Many have been abandoned by their families, spending their days with nothing to do, with no meaningful rehabilitation. It's effectively a life sentence with no chance of appeal. I want to get out of here. And what do they say? Until they come for you. Yes. It's appalling. You can clearly see the very poor quality of life of these people. Many of them are deteriorating by being in places like this for a long time. The visit leaves Colectivo members deeply upset. But they are determined to record their findings. I could be one of those people, abandoned, forgotten, mistreated, because I'm a person like them. Colectivo members have always known making these visits can pose a risk to their own mental health because they bring back painful memories of their time in institutions. There was one time when they tied me up. It had such an impact on me that I started having hallucinations. An hour or half an hour passed, but those people are there day and night. It must be horrible. Since leaving the institution last year, Natalia has lived at home with her parents. She was hospitalised after making an attempt on her own life. She shows me the entries in her diary from that time. The voices don't leave me in peace. Negative thoughts torture me. I can never have calm. How many times have you tried to commit suicide? Four times more or less. Her parents, Rebecca and Celedonio, tell me they took her to an institution because they were so worried. 
She would say we were her main enemies. She didn't want to see us. I saw her with strength that four of us couldn't control. They took her back as soon as they could. But many families in Mexico are forced to abandon their relatives in institutions because they can't afford the high cost of drugs. Imagine having to buy 11 drugs. It was very difficult. We depended entirely on my father. My family has been my driving force so I can move forward. Most people with mental health problems in Mexico who live outside institutions do so thanks to the support of their relatives. The next morning, I meet Colectivo member Oscar Luna, who suffers from schizophrenia and has been in and out of institutions for 10 years. I hear voices telling me to hurt myself. Then I hear screams and moaning, people crying. It upsets me. My mother tells me there's nobody there. Last year, Oscar was referred to a psychiatric research institution run by the federal government that treated him well. They prescribed him medication that quietens the voices. He now lives with his mother, Maria. How often do you take your medication? Every day, morning and night. And if you don't take it? I feel bad. I tell my mother I'm missing my meds. Oscar has been stable for a year. His mother finally feels some hope. But a decade of constant crisis has taken its toll. Five times he tried. He cut his veins. He took pills. So many pills. He even took rat poison. It gives me anger and sadness. Maria's greatest fear is that when she's gone, Oscar may end up abandoned in a psychiatric institution. The next morning, we're going to a men's institution, again run by the Mexico City authorities, called Caes Cuemanco. Now, according to local sources that we've spoken to, the conditions are very bad, amongst the worst of public shelters in Mexico City. Colectivo members have told me it's going to be a tough day. Despite this, they all turn up. How are you, Natalia? Today I couldn't get up. Natalia tells me she had a sleepless night and that her symptoms are flaring up. She's hearing voices. Now, right now? Yes, I hear mocking. I'm sitting with Oscar and I think they're making fun of us. Despite the voices, Natalia insists on carrying on. It's part of my disability and I shouldn't listen to them. It's about learning to live with it. We go in with hidden cameras. A member of staff gives us a tour. 
At the first opportunity, we slip away. We're just surrounded by guys who are just lying there with nothing to do. You know, flies and the smell and the stench is disgusting. Probably the most shocking is the, is the guy over there with no clothes on. You know, you can see he's got a physical disability and I think he's squatting to defecate. As we walk around the premises, we see feces over walls everywhere. We talk to a member of staff. There's no control of hygiene. They breathe their own feces. That's why they get sick so often. Kais Kwamenko holds over 300 men trapped together. But the problems here are far more serious than just the sanitary conditions. With so many men together, are there cases of sexual abuse? Yes, this happens between them. It happens often. The stronger ones grab the weaker and force them. Does nobody stop them? Not really. Neither the doctors or nurses. But they're raping people. Yes, some are used to it. I can't get involved. I just see it. We have not been able to independently verify these allegations, but human rights groups have recorded numerous reports of rape and sexual abuse in psychiatric institutions across Mexico. Do you think this is the best place for people? Truthfully, no. I wouldn't like being here. It's very depressing. This place, more than any other, has shaken the members of the Colectivo. What's the matter? It's because of the experience we had today. I feel bad for these people. It got me thinking I could have ended up in a place like that. I felt something ugly, like fear, because that's the way it was for me. It was very similar. It will take a while before I forget it, because it brought back many memories. For the Colectivo, the problem is not only the shocking conditions inside these institutions, but the needless incarceration of thousands. The government might say that if they were not in Calle Comanco, they would be out on the street. If mentally disabled people are going to live in the community, the government has an obligation to provide support so people can live independently. The government is not providing any of these services. Without any government support, family is the only lifeline people with psychiatric disabilities have in Mexico. But having to depend on her family has not always been easy for Natalia. I remember when I said, I want to 
que me, me internen en un lugar y, y no quiero estar con ustedes. Entonces, al ver cómo estaban esas personas... I remember when I would say to you that you should section me, that I didn't want to be with you. When we saw how these people were, I said, if I have the support of my family, how could I have said that? I'm very fortunate because I have you, because you haven't abandoned me. Thank you for the words you have said. They give us strength to continue supporting you in every way we can. Don't cry, we'll always be with you. This is one of the biggest days in the history of the Colectivo. They're holding a press conference. Are you nervous? What I have to say is very important. If I don't say it from the heart so it gets through to them, it won't be the same. They're delighted that there's a good turnout of journalists from newspapers and television stations. Virginia Gonzalez-Torres, a senior advisor in mental health for the federal government, has also turned up. But not everyone is here. The government representatives of Mexico City and all the directors of the shelters who had promised to come didn't turn up. Now we are going to see a video showing the conditions we found in those two places. People say we are crazy, but the craziness is the conditions in which these people live. Natalia has delivered a moving speech, and it seems to have made an impression on Virginia Gonzalez. It's a crime that rape is allowed and that people in authority are permitting it. She may be high-ranking, but she has struggled to make any impact on the state and city authorities who run psychiatric hospitals. But isn't everybody just passing the buck? Nobody's taking responsibility or, or leadership. They have to do something. I give the advice. I give the recommendations. But what about the directors in these institutions themselves? Why do they, why do they have to wait? Can't they see? I mean, they must be able to see the human rights abuses that are going on. You know, you can't wait for all this bureaucracy to go. For mentally ill people, it doesn't matter. Or it hasn't mattered. And they think that. They think that if the person is mentally ill, nobody will believe them. She's impressed by the work of the Colectivo and wants them to join some government committees. For people used to being written off, it's a big moment. We've moved into a new era. There's no going back. We have to move forwards. All of this is so that these people can be reintegrated into society. Thousands of people remain trapped in Mexican psychiatric institutions. 
I felt privileged to have experienced with the Colectivo the birth of a new movement that will hopefully help change all that. And to have met the extraordinary people who from now on will be at the forefront of the struggle for their own rights. Our thanks to Adia Depitan in Mexico City. The Unreported World podcast accompanies the critically acclaimed Channel 4 television series. Visit channel4.com slash unreportedworld to discover new Unreported World shorts that explore the facts beneath the stories in the series. You can also get involved in the Unreported World conversation by joining us on Twitter and Facebook. Until next week, from me, Krishnaguru Murphy, goodbye. <laughs>